I bet John Fetterman could pound some cheese curds. I bet he's doing it right now. (laughs) While listening to this podcast. Yeah. One of those is a good idea. It's not the listening to the podcast. Speaking of podcasts, this is the Handsome Hockey Podcast. Back from the dead. With episode 88. Um, A fine vintage, if I say so myself, as a 88 model. If we were, uh, I once drove an Oldsmobile 88. Um, That was my Uh, first car. I'm going to claim to be better than that. Uh, that thing saved my life, and I don't know if you have can claim that. So not yet, anyways. Yeah. I mean, fingers crossed it doesn't come to that. Like while recording, Evan shoves me out of the way before a thunderbolt from Z- Thor. It's the <laughs> it's the, like Zeus was like, "Fuck this guy!" <laughs> I smite you for your opinions. <laughs> He's like, "I hate pride tapes." <laughs> Uh, my name is Jake, and across from me is the angry manlet Evan. <laughs> and I, the thing that made me most about that was that my shtick is the angry one. You're I, the rational one. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm glad that I. You know, we kind of switch roles on social media. I, I, I yeah, maybe uh, like I'm more personable in person, but like on the podcast, they're like, he needs to see a doctor. <laughs> Does he have hemorrhoids? Is that what's going on there? <laughs> that would explain a lot. That would explain a lot. I don't, thankfully. Uh, you know, knock on wood. Um, you know who's got hemorrhoids now is uh, Pierre Dorian. <laughs> or has just got, like, abscessed and he is fucking having a great life. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's finally getting treatment. But uh, Preparation H became Preparation uh exit the fuck out of the senators in the midst of five years of unparalleled greatness uh, pierre dorian who promised such things has been fired uh largely because uh he fucked up a lot <laughs> i mean yeah to his credit he also made some pretty solid lemonade out of some pretty sour ass lemons in uh, absolutely years yeah. but uh, it, if you're faced with a challenge like that, you will inevitably succumb to it, it seems like. Yeah, I think he was one of the first people to have a shitty team and realize, I'm just going to blow this up. <laughs> I mean, he traded away Mark Stone, Eric Carlson. Uh, right, a, a Stanley Cup finals reaching squad. Yeah, and to his credit, I mean, he's got Brady Kachuk, Tim Stutzla, Thomas Shabbat. Jacob Sanderson, uh, uh, cast goes on and yeah. on and on and on and on, and like they are they are stacked for the future, but like all signed to team friendly deals too. Yeah, it's hard to see Except someone fall on their sword like this, but he probably deserved it, even given like the great track record. Well, there's some bad in there. The sure the Mad Duchesne trade was a nightmare. I mean, what was bad versus what was just painful? Yeah, because the other thing is like Ottawa was a small market team that had mismanagement from the top, and so he had an unenviable job for how long? And did a 
pretty admirable job with an unenviable position. For sure. I mean, they they uh, they foisted Pierre Maguire upon him as like yeah, right. You need more bald men around. Some also ran like. Oh, this is the guy that's gonna. It was like Eugene Melnick owed him something. <laughs> eh. Yeah, or I mean, it it sort of felt like you know, China sicking like an operative on you that takes you out to tea. <laughs> well, we got him good. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it was just like, oh, I'm gonna keep tabs on your ass. Well, the the end game here was the league coming down on the senators for their role in the Evgeny Dadnov trade that did not happen between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Anaheim Ducks. Which is very strange because they are coming down on a trade that did not actually involve the team. Yeah, the stink of it is when Dadnov was traded to Vegas, Dadnov, uh, Ve- Vegas was not notified of a no-trade clause in his contract. Which it's weird because you could have just looked on Cap Friendly and found it, right. but Anaheim was on Evgeny's ten-team no-trade list. Evgeny uh, enacted that clause when that trade was proposed, and the league was like, "Yeah, you can't do that." He has a clause, and then everybody looked around at who the culprit was for this sort of malfeasance, and. Pierre Dorian was just like outside looking in the window, waving feverishly. (laughs) So uh, according to uh, some sources that I just read, um, what happened was there was a call after the trade was completed to finalize it. And um, Dorian, for some reason did not have a second, a, 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 kind of recommended second person in the room. Uh, I, I was trying to make a word secondmended there. Being a GM is, is a legal position. And that's why you see a lot of people with legal type qualifications and training being around that. And Vegas had a second person in the room. The job of the second person is to provide, you know, kind of in situ feedback, corrections, blah, blah, blah. And Dorian, allegedly was asked by Vegas's GM at the time. Um, I can't remember. Kelly McCrimmon. Yes. Are there any no trade clauses we need to be aware of? And allegedly Dorian said, no, Vegas has a second account of the call. The senators do not. Um, So that is one of the kind of central issues, which I think is, I, I find this kind of shit interesting. Like it's like, I don't know wire fraud spy shit so the the senators basically didn't have somebody on the grassy knoll (laughs) more i mean it's more likely is that like dorian made like a contractor level honest mistake and then eventually the paper trail led back to him also all indications are that like vegas kept on this because this kind of fucked them over (laughs) pretty pretty hard uh when it happened um the funny part all of in that was like Dedanov himself was like, Oh, I'm just going to go off now that I'm like the center of attention. And like, I think he scored a bunch of points immediately after this story. Yeah. 
They were like, oh, they don't want me here? Well, I'll show them by helping them make the playoffs. Yeah, classic you fuck on me. But, I mean, like, did they win that year? No. No. That's the year they didn't win, but they they came close. Then they traded him in the offseason. Yeah. Um, So, according to Elliot Friedman, is that, like, for something of that sort to garner the response from the NHL that it has that Ottawa must have misled the league's investigation in some capacity, which I think is interesting because, uh, I don't know. I mean, is Dorian just trying to cover his ass there? And then it takes a two year long investigation to like come back and bite him with a smoking gun. Well, I, while he was misleading the league, he was probably also stealing signs from other coaches. So, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it will take quite some time for that investigation to wrap up. Um, that's a Michigan joke, folks. <laughs> uh, uh, fuck Ryan day. We'll just say that. Um, so sticking with the senators, uh, another one of the things that was kind of cited as why Michael and, and Lauer let, uh, Pierre Dorian go was not having signed Shane Pinto when they had the cap space and then going and making moves that negated that cap space that then didn't allow them to sign one of their star rookie players or young players. I mean, you kind of wonder if the next story, which is Shane Pinto's gambling suspension, like had any sort of say in this, like, did Dorian have some sort of ears in the ground about this? Um, it's kind of wild considering that the senators feature a gambling advertisement on their helmets that uh, one of their players would get such a stiff suspension for allegedly not gambling on the NHL while not being under contract with the NHL. Like you get the sense that you get the sense that uh, somebody in this is lying. I also like how Michael and Lauer this whole time is like, why is this my fucking problem? This all happened under a previous regime that wasn't disclosed to me when I bought this team. Uh, excuse me. Why, why am I being punished? And you know, the uh, senator's player who hasn't been signed under uh, suspicious reasons. That's Alex Formenton. Right. Uh, and because uh, we'll, we'll he, get to that, the end of that story at some point, he'd been fomenting some yeah. shit. <laughs> so Shane Pinto has been uh, handed what some people are saying is a pretty lofty suspension by the NHL. It's also the first suspension to come out of this new anti-gambling uh, statute that the NHL has put forth. And like and, conveniently for them, like Dustin Brown's out the league. <laughs> so they don't, they don't, we don't actually know if this is a heavy suspension. Fuck, I mean, Mike Richards, whatever. Mike Richards, you know, one of those old Kings. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. You mean Mr. Aaron Andrews? Conveniently, this anti, gambling policy does not extend to like cash bets between players yeah you can run you could run a like a underground casino in your locker room and you're fine but the second you pull out your phone and punch up FanDuel, you're in deep doo-doo you know the uh the key keegan michael key skit uh where he's pretending to be michael jordan gambling 
with the like Bill Bull Staffer back in the day. No, I haven't. Seen I think it. it was on SNL, and it's like he just like destroys the staffer's life. They're like playing this like game of like quarters, and it's like who gets closest to a wall, right? <laughs> and he just like takes takes their clothes, takes their car, takes their house. <laughs> Sounds about right, except. That's acceptable. Except Jordan also lost a bunch of money gambling. Anyways, uh, you know, he only got banned from the league for two years for a gambling problem, whatever. Um, uh, allegedly. Allegedly. The Players Union, the league, and Shane Pinto himself and the Ottawa Senators all came out and were like, yep, we're good with this. And so there, there's a bunch of conspiracy theories abound uh, that he bet on NHL games. But, he had to have bet on NHL games. But the games. only thing said by anybody is that he didn't bet on NHL games. Right. And like, it, it's like placed by the lie. Yeah. The only reason, like if you were betting on the fucking ponies, whatever, and you're not under contract, they are not doing this to you. Exactly. That's another important thing. He was technically not employed by the league at this time. Well, yeah, exactly. When this investigation happened, the betting may have come when he was still under contract. But the thing that makes it feel even more likely that he bet on games, NHL games, is that everybody signed an NDA. So we're not going to theoretically get the details of this ever right some lawyer threw a fucking nda grenade into this mix and it's like oh now it's all just gonna be silent um yeah it just it looks so fucking guilty and like it's it's such a minor sin and they are gambling that between hushing it up and people kind of not giving a shit about this that people will forget about the 2018 canadian world junior team was he was he a part no. of that whole thing? No, oh, I just okay. wanted to bring that up. We talked about Alex Formenton. We talked about Alex Formenton, but yeah. um yeah, um yeah, the NHL needs some PR wins and um it seems like they set themselves up for one here. At least a, you could call it a PR coup because Shane Pinto almost certainly bet on NHL games if you read the fucking tea leaves. Speaking of wins, should we skip to Pride Tape Gate? <laughs> yeah, let's do it because uh, we fucking won, bitches. Uh, yeah, uh, to the Ivan Provorovs of the world, and your dogs. Yeah, and yeah, and your dog that that blacklisted me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Your homophobic dog. Yeah, fuck both of you, you uh, gay haters. Yeah, Travis McDermott has come. Or sorry, yeah, Travis Dermott. Yeah, not Mick. <laughs> Travis Dermott has come to save the day. Uh, the The best part about this is that the it took one dude saying, "No, nah, I'm going to still use Pride Tape during warmups." Yeah, on like the on, heel of his stick. It took one dude for them to be like, "All right, we're we're wrong." Ah, okay, one dude. That's and, all it took. But it, I mean, it sort of took one dude but it's to, also, to push it the other way, right? In, yeah. in Ivan Provorov. Well, and, and the Russians, but yeah. Well, he's not the, I mean, the the Russians, half of the Russians were fine with it. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's, yeah. Nikita Zadorov. 
was fine very with. clearly <laughs> yeah. okay with it yeah uh, uh he might be dead soon but he was no. fine with you tr- it you try and kill Nikita Zadorov. Uh, good luck to He's you. He's like the dude from The Quick and the Dead who's like, I cannot be killed by a bullet. And then they right. shoot yeah, him like 30 and times and he's still like, I cannot be killed by a bullet. <laughs> Nikita Zadorov is the closest thing the NHL has to fucking Ivan, Ivan Drago. Drago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you try yeah. an Eastern Proms in, in a fucking steam room and you're not going out of that steam room alive. He's like Bullet Tooth Tony. <laughs> yeah, uh... Minus the dying part at the end. Can, yeah. Let's just take. Let's just make some space here for appreciating Nikita Zadorov because um, Calgary has been shit this year, and he's he just called it like it is. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I feel bad for our fans. We've been fucking awful. Yeah, they have been really bad. <laughs> they have been, but he he has done that more than one occasion, and he's also the guy who. Uh, like we are thankful spilled the beans on the nathan mckinnon uh chickpea pasta. chickpea pasta thing so um nikita zadorov we salute you randomly out of <laughs> despite the fact that we're yeah. talking about pride tape the nhl caves to what evan has rightfully uh labeled the american slash canadian taliban <laughs> uh that's my that's my operative term for him well i i mean like we're like oh the taliban is the worst thing ever we gotta like eradicate them from and what do they do oh they don't let women do things and they ban books and And they they run around with guns hate education yeah and it's like wait no that's the south yeah that's that's and well, also that's part, idaho parts of the west yeah i mean yeah shout like, out to idaho who you know has just uh uh sued someone for crossing state lines to get an abortion yeah good sweet move i'm gl- charged i think yeah sued good uh good use of your tax dollars um yeah good job american talent we're gonna charge you with something that you did somewhere else we're gonna get back at you with tape painter's tape even not even like <laughs> not even high high strength tape and so, yeah, like it, it's kind of heartwarming to me in that it took one person to start this and it sort of took one person to stop this. And what does that say about your fucking personal agency to do something to change whatever is around to you? change Gary Bettman's opinion? I mean, that takes like a dollar and a pointed finger. Yeah, uh, it's it's like he every once in a while eats some spinach and thinks he's Popeye, but he, he runs out of steam when one dude puts fucking player tape, puts multicolored tape on his stick. Like, Oh no, an expression of self. Oh, we cave. He runs into one can of Swiss chard. He's like, ah, oh, fuck. And it's not even in like no, no discredit to Travis Dermott. Like this isn't a, it was a, a bold step on his part. Actually. Uh, and, all of the credit to Travis Dermott because he's on a two way contract. This affects his fucking career. Yes. And by my eye, it already has because there is no, uh, smoking gun of a clear injury, but a couple days later, Arizona has their pride night and Travis Dermott is injured. He was sick. Was the official. Uh huh. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. He, but I feel like if was he not? I, I feel like if they if they like sick policed him, he would have come out and been like, "I wasn't sick," or 
I was the only person who ate shellfish that day on the entire team, and that's suspicious. Or keep this quiet, otherwise it's going to get worse. Yeah. Man. So I, I think, like, I legitimately think that him sticking his neck out there was courageous because for somebody on the bottom half of one of the worst teams in the league on a two way contract to be the person that says to, to, you know, does the thing that, like, singularly gets the reaction that makes the NHL change their fucking mind is unreal. When I said no discredit to him, the reason I was saying that is exactly that. Mm-hmm. He's not Connor McDavid. No. Like, he's not one of the biggest stars in the league. Right. And so, like... He if, doesn't have that much to lose. Well, no, I'm saying... But also everything. No, lose. I'm saying he has everything to lose. And the fact that... It, I was saying let's not discredit him because he is somebody who plays one of these lower roles on the totem pole... And the fact that his one act of rebellion, like it didn't even take a star player. It took like for the NHL to fold, like, like it's just like fucking tissue paper in the wind. It's fucking embarrassing for, uh, for the NHL on so many levels because like (laughs) they never had to do this. At no point did they have to make this gesture to cave to, to fucking neanderthal yeah and so they do it and then one fucking guy who <laughs> is legitimately just a fucking guy comes out with multicolored tape on his stick and the nhl backpedals faster than like germany in 1944 like the like they're not even taking Russians with them. They're just like, nope, 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 nope. We're out of here. Boop, 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 boop. Uh, it, it's like Mario going down a pipe when he should be going up. Like, we're we're going back to look for jobs in NASA. It's okay. Yeah, it's fucking yeah. Ooh. <laughs> it's such an unnecessary spectacle, and like just shows how dysfunctional and out of touch the league is and then like somebody realized oh fuck this is probably bad and was like well we'll wait for somebody to do something about it yeah it shows how ultimately unengaged they were with the with with any sort of pride movement i mean we already knew how unengaged they were with you know any sort of black lives matter movement and actual inclusivity movements like they haven't done shit about those in a long time. And so you know, naturally it became obvious over a while that like, okay, yeah, the, the pride movement there is, is not real. And I mean, the conservatives found a way to take advantage of that. I'm just glad that there was somebody on the other side to kind of quickly do something that threw up the bat signal that got the requisite amount of other people involved. To, to actually like force them back at least maybe hopefully towards the right track. Uh, maybe that's optimism on my part, but well, the optimism may be short lived because the flyers exist <laughs> and the flyers are going to use blue tape. They did. Sorry. Yes. Uh, this is a, sorry. They past, already I, did. I wrote yeah. it in the script as, as, 
future tense and it is past tense. So I'll start over. The flyers used blue tape uh, on their sticks to make a like social commentary on the mass shooting in, in Lewiston, Maine. One, the flyers are fucking nowhere near Maine. Maybe some of them have vacation homes there, but this might have been no. started by John Tortorella himself. Who, yeah. Who actually like, he does have a bit of a moral conscience. Yeah. But the thing here is like one police do not prevent crime. They respond to crime. And so blue tape, thin blue line, all this bullshit, like, I'm not sure it was that. I think it was just sort of an attempt to... The choice to use blue, I think, is very obvious. Uh, I actually didn't pick that up. I'm I'm picking it up, and I want to put it down, but now it's in my hand like a juicy, <laughs> sumptuous turd, and I can't let it go. Um, I, it just feels like a, a very tone-deaf move uh, by the Flyers. Like, good-intentioned, but poorly executed maybe um, yeah what we need more law and order no i just i thought of, i sort of thought it was like maine as the color blue like that's the college colors nah i'm going with i'm going with the popo, yeah, yeah. I the mean, popo it, angle you can you can that that's an angle yeah um i just thought that you know this being committed by the, the, you know this mass atrocity being committed by a devoted member of said American Taliban. Yeah. Shocking. Kind of brings the whole tape situation full circle. It's really surprising that it was a right wing white guy. Yeah. You know, that uh, never would have seen it. Demographic that keeps committing the same type of crime over and over. That also runs the country that won't stop gun violence. (sighs) Uh, Moving ourselves from uh, like a, a happy celebratory win for hockey is a definite loss all around for hockey and we're talking unfortunately about former pittsburgh penguin adam johnson dying from a freak accident in a hockey game a professionalized hockey game in uh in played in england um at this point uh most of our listeners have probably heard about this heard about the uh dangers of it heard about the uh the severity of the injury and many of you have probably seen the video it's it's a a horrible tragedy that has unfortunately become a whirlwind in shall we say certain sides of the social media enterprise yeah and so uh adam who was playing uh for the eihl uh, currently playing for the Nottingham Panthers had a insanely crazy accident in which uh, another player for Sheffield his skate ended up colliding with his neck and on video that came out 24 hours 48 ish hours after the fact it looks really bad there's no way around it it looks sort of like a some sort of weird crazy karate kick um anybody with ice skating experience will know that at speed they were going incredibly fast uh this was sort of a back check collision um in which one player sort of gets clipped and loses balance and 
uh, injures another player, uh, that being Adam. It got picked up on social media by a bunch of people who have nothing to do with hockey and who have never watched a hockey game in their life uh, because the player whose skate cut Adam's neck was black. And a whole lot of people ran with it with a racial animus. Whereas anybody with any sort of hockey credential and hockey experience knows that this kind of shit happens uh, way more often than we like to think. And then that danger is minute, but very real. Yeah. Just last year we saw uh, Evander Kane in the NHL, get his wrist cut uh, very deeply by uh, an errant skate blade. Uh, He thankfully was able to skate to the bench get everything uh checked out he checked missed some out. time i mean oh he was, was out a, for he was out for a while but a he did die cut. no right just last week uh bruins player got cut by a skate to the face up through his he was wearing a a, a visor and it cut him up through the visor to his face yeah and he you know on twitter was like well there goes my modeling career uh this could have been a lot worse with just gnarly fucking zipper above his eyelid yeah and and then a whole lot of people are like pretending that this was something intentional whereas you know this is a professional minor league semi-pro league in some capacity i I guess the highest level in england which so minor league is probably the best yeah uh, it's probably like the 15th or 20th best league in europe sure i and i know that they're super popular though because um when i was just randomly in london we happened behind a bus for this league and it was like oh shit this is a dope ass tour bus. Like this team had, it just had like vinyl logos on every side of it to the max, like tour buses for kiss, like aren't (laughs) this opulent. And so it was like, Oh, okay. The English like take this kind of hockey league pretty seriously. Um, and I mean, that makes sense. Adam, Mm -hmm. you know, had a couple games in the NHL. Uh, he, had the chance to and did score in his hometown in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a, a Twin Cities native. Any hockey player's dream is to to do some sort of facsimile of what he did at the very, very minimal, right? Like get a cup of coffee in the NHL, you know, do a, a moonlight gram from uh from Field of Dreams. You know, you get you get one good one good shot. That's any little kid's dream. And he did get to live that dream for a little while. I want to centralize like him in all of this. There's been such as like shit storm around him and around the, the other player who I, I don't really want to name because uh, I think they can, they can remain nameless here. Um, and they have already received unending abuse uh at the hands of people who don't know shit correct and uh, so much so that adam's teammates have have come to their defense uh publicly saying the way we saw this was an accident um everyone that was there and witnessed it views it as just a horrific accident um english police are investigating because they have to yeah Uh, and that's like it's part of their responsibility yeah, and, somebody died. They have to investigate right. in, it. In a, you know, in a non kind of natural 
cause manner, they're going to investigate. And that's their prerogative. Um, no doubt that they will find that this is a tragic accident because that's what everybody who has had a firsthand account and has stated anything publicly has said. This was just a heinous physics problem gone wrong. Yeah. And I think the the this like speculation or not speculation these people who are you know faux outraged for you know five and a half minutes and have probably already moved on to something else they have they have all already moved on like this was like yesterday and now nothing uh you know they're all mad about other things i mean there's there's plenty of other things to be mad about in the world but um yeah this was just right-wing outrage bait for like 24 hours yeah like Restaurant Impossible got canceled. That <laughs> is something to be mad about. Uh, attacking yeah, no. a guy who, you know, for lack of his actions, ended the life of another person. I don't want to say killed because that kind of implies intent in some ways. I know it does and doesn't. But and I mean, you know, he. he there are some some accounts and some some takes that are worth, I guess, discussing. Daniel Carcillo and. Michelle Tyrion, they talked about it in saying this was maybe an irresponsible move and it led to this. I I take a softer approach than that. Like he's clearly trying to to go in for a hit like that. That's what's happening. He gets he, he kind of gets caught up in the skates and backwash of another player and gets tripped up. And then sprawls into this guy's face, basically like that. That's the way I see it. Um, you know, you, you look at at Jack Hughes, like wiping out by himself in the playoffs last year. And like his momentum carries his skate neck high. If there was a neck there, it would have gotten cut. Is that me? Sorry. Mm-hmm. Jack Hughes last year in the playoffs, he wipes out without any sort of contact. And his momentum carries his skate neck high. If there was a neck right there, it would have gotten cut by Jack Hughes' skate. What is the most iconic photo in the history of the NHL? Jack Hughes falling? Uh, I was going to with Bobby Hoare. Bobby Hoare. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Hoare. <laughs> Bobby Le Slute. Uh, Bobby the Hoare. Uh, I was going to say Bobby Orr flying through the air after scoring a Stanley Cup winning goal. Where are his skates? Neck high. Neck high. And like the the photographic examples are endless. The video examples are endless. Uh, I forget whomst. Uh, I think it was a Flyers player got cut by Nathan McKinnon's skate yeah. in the face last year. The method in which this happens looks awful. I will fully concede that it is coming at a bad angle. And I don't think you can see that this player is falling backwards towards the camera a little bit. Um, it is also a moto razor photo from 2004, um, from the distance of approximately the space station. Like it, it's really hard to see that, According to the people that were there, the player's skate gets caught in the player that is passing it. And I think that's one of the big things that's lost in all of this. Also, the clip that has been shared super wide on Twitter was cut. And so you can't see 
what happens before or what happens after. And a whole lot of people wanted to focus on like, yeah, this player did not have remorse, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, this player who you are trying to accuse of murder flags down medics and stays by this player's side as he's quickly helped off the ice. Um, I'll, it's harrowing to see the whole video and I don't recommend seeing the, the, the whole, whole video reportedly they were able to resuscitate him at one point, uh, I believe on the ambulance ride to the hospital, uh, the medical staff there were very quick to treat him, but with a cut of this severity, there's only so much you can do to stop the bleeding. And by the time that they got him to the hospital, he had lost so much blood that yeah. there was just not really anything that could be done. And there's some thought that if this had happened in the NHL, as it basically has with Clint Malarchuk or um, uh, Zednik, I forget his first name, Richard, Richard Zednik, the level of medical equipment and preparedness on hand might have been enough to stabilize him and save him. Uh, Maybe that's, yeah, that's, that's speculative because anytime you get a skate, it's kind of a random cut. You never know which side of it is going to kind of cut. Um, and this seems like it was especially deep and impossible to kind of, uh, you know, emergency suture, um, or, you know, get to it and, and cut it off or sorry, cut off the bleeding. What you see on the the video is is akin to what you saw with the video with like Malarchuk and Zednik. Um, I, that's one of the the reasons that you kind of come to that conclusion. Yeah, so I think you know we have unfortunately spent most of our time talking about this uh, defending uh, the the condemned here and what really has gotten lost in all of this like hullabaloo um, to use one of my granny's words uh, <laughs> is that, you know, Adam Johnson died and the penguins almost immediately did something to honor Adam Johnson. They had a, you know, a video a memorial video they had a like center ice memorial moment. Um, you know, you're getting takes that have come out, over the last, you know, f couple of days, uh, from about everybody from, from like pretty much everybody who had interacted with him, uh, his fiance who had moved to England to, to be with him while he played, uh, just posted something like super quick on Instagram. And it's like, how do you say anything more than like two, uh, two or three sentences when you've just watched, you know, probably your best friend die and yeah. his parents were watching via that grainy video feed 
the, the live yeah. video feed was better than what we have seen. And that's oh, yeah. the other thing is a whole lot of people that, that we're watching the video feed share the kind of accidental yeah. thought. Um, what was circulated, I feel like is like literally irresponsibly grainy. Yeah, it's like a Zapruder film. Like it's, it is. It's terrible. Um, the Ontario Rain did a bunch of things to honor Adam. Basically, anywhere that he played, which is a long list, uh, in in a pretty short career. Um, like he, he's twenty seven. Yeah, it's and like he he played across a bunch of different leagues. Like you can tell he liked to travel <laughs> as yeah. a hockey player. Like I'd, y- there, are, you know, he was willing to take a shot in a league that would give him a shot. Right. He played, uh, England. He, he played in the Swedish league in between the NHL and AHL. He played in the, uh, the, the Danish elite league. And then most recently in this English league, like he sounded like a light of a human. Um, from all of the accounts that, that I've heard from people that have played with him, coaches, trainers, well, everybody, he, he was born in, in, you know, Hibbing, Minnesota and had every, every trapping of a good Midwestern boy that cares about the people around him. I, yeah, I can't imagine being his, his wife and and family at this point. Like it's, it's just gotta be incredibly, incredibly difficult. Our our thoughts are with them, with his former teammates, with everybody involved in this, with his current teammates. With it's hard to talk about someone that is so recently passed like this. Like, how do we refer to his fucking teammates? Are they current? Are they former? Like, yeah, it, the the tenses get screwy. Um, that's how recently this person has departed the earth the reaction from the hockey community has been warming and also practical. I think the video, it it should not have really been shared as widely as it was. Um, it, it, I mean, it's inevitable at this point that it will sure, be, but yeah, but we talk about this in the context of, uh, the Russian kid that died last year from a, a dump in clearing shot that went right to the back of his, Mm-hmm. Temp- or back of his neck. Yep. Um, the the practical response to this has been much heavier, much swifter. You've already seen several leagues, including uh, the first was this EIHL um, to mandate neck guards, and then following them, several other leagues. The the WHL amongst them have required them moving forward. Several teams, the Penguins uh, required them for their, I think ECHL and AHL teams. TJ Oshie said his company war road sold all of them almost immediately. Like they're the only reason that the EIHL has not made this mandatory immediately is because they literally cannot get enough of these things quickly enough. Yep. Um, because like this was sort of an understood risk in hockey 
yet nobody had died of it. And, you know, it was... Sorry, nobody in the professional level had died of it. I, I think in the amateur and, and lower levels, yes, we have seen deaths from cuts. Uh, apparently, Adam was a really good friend of uh, Winnipeg defenseman Neil Pionk, um, who is one of my kind of perennial sort of favorite players for no good reason. Um, so... I'm sending, you know, special thoughts and shout out at this time. Like the Minnesota boys got to stick together and it's tough to lose one. I am sending shout outs to anybody who has to play for the New York sound next year. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. You mean the sound of like a taxi almost running into a pedestrian and then honking at the pedestrian and then the pedestrian going, Hey, I'm walking here. Uh, it's uh no, it's much like Paul Simon, the sound of silence. <laughs> um, so, so the PWHL has made some noise since we last recorded. Well, every single hockey entity in the world has made ho- has made noise in the time that it has been in between our recordings. Um, but, Except the one we play for. Yeah. But that's a whole other one. Oh, RIP. Played for. Yeah. That's uh, definitely a past tense. Yeah. Uh, the Battle of the Tenses will be, could be the name of this episode. <laughs> yeah. um, so the PWHL... Uh, put out officially put out a logo and um eh. fine like it's it's just a w with hockey sticks it doesn't even say the name of the league well it's it's the w in pwhl that they also they rolled it out in a very silly way um i i've warmed to it a bit especially as like a logo designer and they also shared like sketches and I'm a sucker for sketches. Um, I'm a sucker for sneakers. <laughs> is same. Yeah. Um, you sketches, Nas sneakers. <laughs> Got it. I uh, it's it's fine, fine. Like it's fine. I if they wanted to emphasize the W, like could they not have P H L there with the W bigger, like? I don't know. Maybe it unbalances it. I like. I, I'm not a graphic designer in any way, shape, or form. Well, and a lot of graphic designers with a lot of great skills get undercut by shitty clients. Yeah, very true. Um, I think this one's pretty lame. I'll I'll just say lame. It, it's it's lame. Um, and then we get to the names. It get, it gets worse. it gets worse. Like yeah. he's lame is. lame is good it's uh, (laughs) at this point so the uh right like this is almost as bad as talking about guy who died yeah this the 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 scoop on this was uh picked up by detroithockey.net which um i i actually read frequently (laughs) i thought you'd like that i was like oh they they were the the first people to pick up on this yeah random fucking trademark yeah filing detroit hockey net picked this up first um i they're for most for the most part they're kind of like an an article aggregator sort of thing but they also put out their own pieces mostly about detroit hockey oh so like Uh, what we would do if we really wanted to commercialize yes so like 
so this is it's very weird that they were the first especially a city that's not getting a pwhl team at least in the original six here their aggregator Uh, just happened to to troll this fish out the ocean to troll into like the u.s patent office and like find this nugget um listed watch like one of them's like a patent lawyer and like that's how this came <laughs> <Yeah>. across <laughs> or is it, sorry this is trademark this is not patent yeah, These it's are a, very different things. it's a it's a, a side hustle that one of the folks at detroit hockey net has um i imagine it looks like a fucking geocities page from 1997 it's uh i'd give it like 2004 all right yeah uh, i think i love like throwback web pages so yeah i mean it, you could play like an 8-bit side scroller on it probably uh you should do that to like ours. contra we should go full fucking vintage website <laughs> uh the only people who go to our website are hackers anyways yeah. so they're bot hackers um shout out to our bot hacker friends what up thousands a day russians hey maybe some of you play hockey yeah that maybe that's why they're like we must know secrets of handsome hockey fuck with handsome hockey yeah they're like they're like putin says we must need handsome 32 unsuccessful logins yes jake (laughs) damn uh the friends you meet on twitter who hate us are probably ah, yeah. oh us. yes oh uh, all my good twitter the friends. the password is password <laughs> um so the names are the ottawa alert the boston wicked the minnesota superior the new york sound montreal echo and toronto torch supposedly allegedly I mean, they put it on paper. Much like we're just reading the paper. Much like ostrich fucking in Letterkenny. <laughs> this is allegedly. Allegedly, uh, yeah, allegedly. You know, you were taking an aqua dump instead of getting a handy. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I, do you do you want to venture a ranking of them? Yes, absolutely. I want to rank these. Hell yes. Yeah. Uh, we, you, and I both have. I think the same number one. You think so? All because right. of the historical significance of it, I actually really appreciate it. I, do I think it's a great name? No. Meh. But it's not awful. It does have historical significance and to it's which got, I appreciate. It's got some roller hockey vibes. Oh, it really has like uh sponsored by Rink Rats. Yeah, or like nineties. Yeah. Like, Black Biscuit. We wear Zubas to the game. <laughs> uh, so our number one uh, is the Ottawa Alert. Uh, we are in in cahoots here that the Ottawa Alert uh, is is a is an actual good name. Uh, this is a team that could have theoretically could have been playing to actually have won a cup from Lady Isabel. <laughs> uh, they they played in the 1920s. Yeah, they're very successful. Um, yeah, very successful women's team in the 1920s. Um, okay, so who's your number two then? It's sort of difficult from here on. No, uh, it's superior, not here on. <laughs> thank you. There, uh, there we they go. are not the. They, they are, are not no. second. No. Um, I'm gonna go with what I put in the script and toronto torch just out of sheer alliteration and um it's it's a symbol it's about athletics vaguely uh sure (laughs) i hope the logo is uh like one of the uh flame torch bearing flamethrower bearing folks from the newest 
uh, Mad Max. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, just go all in on flamethrowers. Yes. Uh, I, <laughs> that, would, that would improve Toronto Torch. Sponsored by Elon Musk's boring company, Flamethrowers. Uh, um, my second is actually the Montreal Echo. I, I actually really like that name. I, I don't know why. I just, Echo. I think it's a... <laughs> Echo. Echo. I think of Echoes with John DeLiberto. Uh, the the ambient music masterpiece that's uh, distributed by NPR and I think was like the most expensive thing that my hometown NPR bought. <laughs> Isn't Echoes like a a uh, thing that Pink Floyd did? At yeah, some point? It, yeah. It, and it's like the the show is like fifty percent like Pink Floyd and Brian Eno. Like, um, Shocking. Uh, all right. Um, I'm. I'll throw in, um, I think this is a good place. I, I think this is kind of starting to be like a combined list. I kind of agree with you're coming from. I'm going to go with Boston Wicked. That's my third. Yeah. Wicked piss off. Uh, the fucking Wicked bod. Uh, like, yeah. this is so dumb, but yes. It feels very Boston. <laughs> like, it's embarrassing the- that they had the Boston Pride name just sitting there that they legally own. Yeah. And they went with wicked. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, oh no, we're going to get real wicked out there on the ice. Really, what it was was the crossover with the musical. <laughs> they they had their jerseys an unbelievable have, marketing opportunity. If the jerseys have like Wicked Witch of the West themed colors to them, I'm out. I'm done. Do it. Fucking give me, yeah. give me like. like militant witches with riding hockey sticks oh uh, i love it uh okay see like this one i could sort of come around on a little bit we're making them better as we go we really are yeah. uh, sort of like df pendries like i don't know if you've seen <laughs> their stuff on twitter i'm but, totally off of social media now so yeah no. uh it's been like this solidly like the last three months they've just been like pooping out ai logos for anything pwhl and it's very funny i like but a couple of them are better than what we're getting oh absolutely yeah no i df i miss you uh i hope you're still listening um but i don't miss social media so so that's i mean that hello from afar that is where that uh that pride jersey came from yes um this is where it gets hard the the bottom two, I think, are Minnesota and New York, yeah? For sure. Okay. I mean, I, the, those are the only two we haven't talked about, so that's yeah, just, the, that, that is a, that's, that's a matter of process. I think, like, yeah, we already have the Sounders in MLS. Like, New York Sound, like, also geographically tells us exactly where they're playing. <laughs> like, they have to be playing on the island somewhere now. Yeah, I uh, I put that one always all the way at the fucking bottom, and I, yeah. will, I, I will put Minnesota on top of them, because that is yeah. at least a lake that touches the fucking state. Sort of. <laughs> Somebody was like, they've got, like, 200 miles of coastline. I was like, that's not that much. Quote, unquote, coastline. You can drive that in a couple of hours. Also, it's like frozen for 60%. Yeah, and like the, it's, Lake Superior is like two and a half hours away from from Minneapolis-St. Paul. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, it's important for shipping. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) Uh, No, you know what's also important for shipping? 
Amazon? I was going to say my dick, and then I was like, <laughs> that's not funny at all. <laughs> yeah, how about this? You know what else is important for shipping? The Edmund Fitzgerald. Oh, hey Uh that that's actually what should be the team name of the Minnesota team is the Edmund Fitzgerald. Like just if you're going to take a lake that isn't yours, you might as well take a shipwreck that's not yours either. They're going to be like the Minnesota Chicago style pizzas. Wait, what? Because fucking Chicago is just about as close to Minneapolis as Lake Superior. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I love it. NHL hockey. What the fuck even is that? Uh, it's the thing that we were supposed to preview like two weeks ago and then got busy eh, and life sick happens. and whatever. Life happens. Um, and so does it's hockey. It's been a pretty solid start to the season. I've been enjoying it. It's been interesting. Yeah, at this point, I think I've only not watched like three or four teams in some capacity this season. That's pretty impressive. I, I've had I've, we weren't recording, so I had some free time. <laughs> <laughs> I call you a journalist before too long. Uh, yeah, well, if only I could get paid for journaling. Mm. Say no more. Um, at the what? What are we? The the eighth poll? The, the yeah, yeah. Most teams are at ten or eleven games at this point. One eighth of the season in your uh, creme de la creme or Vegas. New York Rangers, Boston, Colorado, Dallas, and then we're just going to like throw in the New Jersey Devils because they fucking look unbelievable every night, um, even though they lost more than they should have. Um, and then then we get to the last one, it's the, that Detroit Iser plans. Hi. They, uh, I think Detroit's a bit of a paper tiger. The power play was clicking at like 51% for a while there. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, it was, um, Alex Brinkett's shooting percentage was like 37%. Yes. At one point. Which I think I joked was right around my, uh, shooting percentage at indoor goals. That's not true. It's yeah. Like I was going to say, I didn't get the joke. Yeah, yeah. It's like 4%. If I was shooting 37% at indoor goals, we would have still lost by three goals most games. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the Red Wings are a paper tiger. I still expect them to not make the playoffs, but they but are this is fun. They are fun to watch. Uh, that top line with Raymond and Larkin and Debrinkat is awesome. Like reasons for uh, hope. Like, yeah, absolutely. He, there was a whole lot of naysaying coming into the season and like oh actually steve eiserman might know what the fuck he's doing they also got shut out by uh sergey bobrovsky today so like i mean eh. okay well the panthers are hot too though right now so and also bobrovsky is he's he's good now sometimes good bobrovsky right now yeah right now next week we'll see yeah but uh right now he's all right um we've seen uh, the aforementioned Alex Dabrinkat have a great start to the season. I think uh, he's already got a third as many goals as he had all of last season. Yeah, he <laughs> he can sustain this pace. Uh, yeah, he'll be a 70 goal scorer. <laughs> and uh, I think like Mo Sider is still on a point per game pace right now. <laughs> like, like it's not going to happen, but it's but they, if most Most importantly, they've gotten buy-in. They've gotten contributions from 
down the, yeah, down yeah, roster yeah, players. Right, yeah. exactly. And that's what you want early in the season. Like that's one of the great things about having unsustainable starts. It's like, oh, okay, everybody gets a bit of a confidence boost. Let's, you know, like when you get to the kind of moribund parts of the season that comes into play. Like, hey, you remember that hot start? We can fucking do that again. Let's get back there. Absolutely. Um, you know, Austin Matthews had, what was it, six goals in his first two games. Um, yeah, I really was hoping for the trifecta of hat tricks, but it was not to be. Um, my beautiful boy, Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes. That's that's for the American speakers. But um, yeah. The French just started calling him Jacques Hughes, <laughs> which is J apostrophe accuse, which means uh, I accuse you. <clears throat> and uh, also, most likely to be a part-time lieutenant for New York Police Department, Frankie Vetrano. He's definitely a horse cop. <laughs> that dude has equine cop written all over his salty saucy italian name frankie v uh i can't be happier to be listing him amongst the hot starts and just scoring big goals who knew he would be an elite goal scorer at like age 29 whatever he is i don't know oh i do uh, giuliani (laughs) uh uh also uh you know, the we said that Boston's gotten off to a hot start. I think they're like six one and one or so to start the season, something like that. Yeah, everybody um, picked him to regress after losing Bergeron and Krejci. And um uh, they're like, Who are those guys? Yeah. Uh except for the fact that they'll be without Charlie McAvoy for the foreseeable future, a four game suspension at for a let's just say pretty egregious check to the head of uh of oliver ekman larson like egregious clear whatever it it looks more egregious in the fact that you really look at it and and see that it was the second time he attempted at that game um which sucks because like oel had been having a resurgent season and is now gonna have to miss time so no it couldn't have been with toronto the Toronto plays for Anaheim and OEL plays for Florida. For Hagee. Those damn V names will uh, hit you. How much of that do I need to redo again? I don't think you need to redo any of it. We can just leave all this in. All right. Well, uh, I am sorry. You were just so excited about Frank Vetrano that you typed his name in twice. I did. And I also really like Carter Hagee. And that's what kind of sucks. Do, do uh, we talk he's about also really having a good season and luckily did not get fucking pelted out of the game when Charlie McAvoy woke up and decided to choose violence. Do we, uh, if we're just like misplacing uh, V name, V names, uh, do you want to talk about Joe Valeno somewhere and call <laughs> him Frank Vitrano? <laughs> what? I mean, have you ever seen them? in the same place at the same time i mean i've probably watched a game but i don't know um <laughs> the joe, joe valeno and villy leno <laughs> villy leno that's he played for the red wings that's a real throwback um the canucks are having a really fucking good season uh it turns out rick Tockett's a really good coach and yeah i mean someone that has always had a reputation as being a pretty good players coach like uh 
good for them as our, you know, now our second Pacific Northwest team. Um, it's kind of nice to see, like, does Quinn Hughes still look sad on a night to night basis? Yes. But Quinn, the- Quinn Hughes scores a goal and then like goes and cries to his therapist. All right. <laughs> Quinn Hughes looks like he has hemorrhoids in any given moment. Uh, uh, but yeah, he looks like he's finding the extra gear that I think I predicted for him like two years ago. I think at one point we were like, yeah, who's going to win the Norris? Kale McCarr or Quinn Hughes? And I was like, yeah, totally Quinn Hughes. And then it was totally t- Kale McCarr immediately the next year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he looks like he's really reinserted himself into that conversation alongside the usual of Makar, Adam Fox, who left injured tonight, uh, Heiskanen, Darlene, you know, you, you know, the cast characters for the Norris. Um, it, that one is one of the more like interesting ones to me, I guess, because it's so neck and neck, you know, like it. Eric Carlson still has room to be the Norris Trophy winner. Yeah. Uh, you know who's not going to win the Norris Trophy? <laughs> Fucking anybody on Edmonton. <laughs> Including uh, everybody's like, oh, you know, he's really, really great, Matthias Eckholm. Uh, no, he's not. <laughs> Neither is he's a good... any single defenseman on that team. I mean, the real regression is Evan Bouchard. Um and he has only regressed because he cannot just hand the puck off to Connor McDavid. <laughs> yeah. Um, turns out that's really helpful. <laughs> turns out that's kind of key to that whole operation working up there. Um, Darnell Nurse is a buyout candidate walking. Uh <sighs> That's one of the best, worst contracts in the league. Like it might without be, like, without even thinking about other contracts. Seth Jones wakes up every morning and is like, "Oh, thank God for Darnold Nurse." Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, your contract comes with expectations. <laughs> Mine is on the Blackhawks. Yeah, all, all I need to do is just like fucking go to work. Like Seth Jones is like maybe the most blue collar rich man hockey player in the league is like there are no expectations for him you're you're our number one defenseman and we expect you to be dog shit just show up and collect your contract and he's like i can still support <laughs> trump right and they're like yeah sure and he's like all right cool. gotcha buddy i'm in i'm gonna wear red ties every game yeah it's interesting in the, such a like liberal state in illinois like how much room for trumpers there is that's an entire side conversation but it's it's always it it is continually interesting to me we ain't got time for politics this is a hockey podcast Uh uh-huh yeah we never talk politics on this hockey podcast you stick to sports jake yeah you stick to sports i don't know (laughs) uh yeah uh they edmonton is a massive fart of an uh, underachievement um you're exciting middle contenders i kind of left this one open because there's a kind of interesting panacea of teams that like 
aren't at the top that could really be there at the end. And and aren't the penguins in next to last place in the NHL? Okay, that's fun. Yeah, yeah. Let's go there. Yeah, yeah. we don't care about we don't care about the teams that are like almost doing good. Uh, let's talk about the shitty ones. Um, yeah, whatever the penguins are doing is just not working. And adding Eric Carlson is starting to look more like a desperation move by the day. Yeah, I mean Kyle Dubas had to do something, right? But like. Sure. The the only teams worse than them are the Oilers, the Flames, and the Sharks. So, you know, the Pacific. Um, yeah, the Blackhawks are doing better than them. Yeah, the Blackhawks, like, unbeknownst to anyone in Chicago, but yes, the Blackhawks are doing better. Um, I mean, the Chicago fandom right now has put the record, like, squarely in the cupboard, and they're just existing on Bedard highlights. Like, that. that is, that's just what's it. That is all of Chicago media right now is just Bedard highlights. They are the Chicago Bedards. They're, they have ceased to be the Chicago Blackhawks or the Chicago hockey team. They're now the Chicago Bedards. And Anaheim is the fighting Lucas Dostals, uh, <laughs> who has apparently usurped John Gibson as the starter in Anaheim and has played incredibly well. And like also, shout out to Trevor Zegers, who hasn't had the offensive numbers but has become a good defensive forward well he Um, missed all of preseason so like he's just not gonna be that good this year sure um but his defensive metrics are off the charts so uh dom lashuskin of the athletic uh (laughs) had really awesome article on just like 16 eye-opening stats and zegris's defensive stats were really on there like he he's tilting play in his direction um his talent is evident he's becoming you know more defensively responsible as his coach is asking him to as he said he was going to do coming into the season but yeah it it's zegris will get the points and will get the goals soon it just might be for a winning team more quickly than a lot of people guessed well that's rude of them (laughs) uh the calder race uh, you know everybody has said it'll be connor bedard everybody has said it will be connor bedard but there's a lot of really interesting rookies evan and i were texting about this the other day um not recording about this texting about it Uh, it's just there's so many good young players in the league this year that it's in in a in a normal year, yes, we would be like, yeah, it's probably Bedard. But there's a ton of good young talent. Leo Carlson's been good in Anaheim. Uh, Logan Cooley's having a pretty solid start to the year in uh, in Arizona, including having like a ball wrecker of a goal for his first the other night. Well, it, um, the, the ball wrecker was in the preseason. Oh no! Did you see his goal the other night? It was a good one. It was pretty. It was a better pass. Yeah. Um, if I may say so myself as a defenseman. Yeah. Um, and then like uh, Luke Hughes is having an incredible year. Um, That's who I yeah. swear to fucking God is going to win the caller. I bought in heavily and I believe in the early returns. I absolutely have a dog in this fight. That's part of why yeah. I'm coming out so uh, strongly. But the dude is averaging like 
four minutes in the power play per game and um, delivering points wise. Yeah, I, I mean, I, there's I definitely don't, I don't see Bedard keeping it up. I think I mean, he's a little young to not be able to keep it up. Ah, all right. Uh, I have to get one good dick joke in. Every that was a perfect yeah. dick joke. See, that was an excellent yeah, dick joke. Yeah. Um, you know, you know what Shakespeare and I have in common? Dick jokes. <laughs> World-renowned writing fame? No. Dick jokes? Yes. Uh, Devin Levi trying to be the uh, Shakespeare of young goalies only has eight ninety two. Yeah, one and three through four games. He got hurt. He's had a rough start to the year, as has much of Buffalo. I think Tage Thompson has also had a pretty slow start. I think Tage Thompson will definitely pick it up. Uh, whether Devin Levi will too. Well, as Tage Thompson picks it up, it will help Devin Levi out. Um, sure. I think Buffalo doesn't want to be the team that has to score six goals to win every night, uh, Edmonton. They but, also have a yeah. couple of other somewhat capable starters. Yeah, they have a couple of extra goalies, and they Uko also Pekka, have... Uko Pekka, Uko, Uko, Uko Pekka. And, and Eric Camry. Um, <laughs> there's, there's, there's nothing fun about that name. Uh, the... Uh, the we are seeing a big kind of emergence of young players this year which continues a trend uh i think from the last two or three years where young players have really come into the league and just started off incredibly well uh we mentioned luke hughes and logan cooley uh matthew is it poitros potros potois <laughs> yeah petros I, i'm not actually sure Piotrowski. i don't know uh anyways he's uh he's gonna be the first line center in boston by the end of the year they've already announced that they're gonna keep him on the roster for the full season instead of sending him back down to the minors he's 19 burning that red shirt and you know that's uh a, a huge turn of events for boston because they sor- sorely needed center help this year um <laughs> as as he has had a better and better year, the number of Charlie Coyle appreciation articles has increased <laughs> like exponentially. They're like, yeah, he's a real team player. Uh, he has made it. So uh, he's, you know, given up his spot on the second team. Hey, on did, the you second hear, line. did you hear Charlie Coyle mowed my lawn uh, for free? Like, and even filled up the gas on my mower. It was why he didn't have his own mower was kind of weird. But, you know, he came by and was just like, hey, I can handle that for you. And, uh, well, he did. Uh, and so, uh, my lawn is freshly shorn and he's, God damn it. He's one of the best three C's in the league. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm happy to see the Charlie Coyle appreciation train because the dude, he does sort of deserve it. Um, the other appreciation train is all my own. Uh, Pavel Minchkov on Arizona is, he is a dude. I went to snag him in fantasy moments after you did and went. Damn that, Evan. <laughs> Got him. Um, yeah, he's he's looks like the tape is better than the numbers, and the numbers are great. Speaking of the tape being better than the numbers, Tony D'Angelo fucking <laughs> train wrecked himself on an official in a game. Oh, it was just pure butter. You could not ask for anything better. He's coming back into the zone and uh, just doesn't see a ref there. 
and then trucks himself gets up looks at the ref looks angry like only a butthurt tony d'angelo can and it's just it's it's pure butter man i don't know how else to just enjoy this it's uh more butter than big butter jesus yes yeah r.i.p big butter jesus r.i.p uh that's uh, what happens when you are uh made out of butter and you get struck by lightning <laughs> You burst into flames and leave this hulking metal statue. Oh my god, Big Butter Jesus! This is one of the best things ever. Speaking of uh, <laughs> speaking of breading, bursting into flames, um, early uh, kind of tire fire is Calgary. Yikes! Um, they can't score. Jonathan Huberto getting like pulled in critical minutes after just being caved in for entire games nazim kadri also bad i mean he's at least a physical presence trying to get some shit started but yeah there is nothing there between the two of them and markstrom looks suspect noah hannafin just wants out like noah hannafin is just like please Please, Justin Trudeau, call fucking Canadian SEAL Team Six and get me the fuck out of this team. Um, what, is it? Will that team, is it Moose Team Six? <laughs> probably. Yeah. What Canadian geeses? I I will venture a, a food for thought question. What happens first? Calgary Flames are rebuilt or the Saddle Dome is rebuilt? If if a Saddle Dome is rebuilt in the woods and nobody's around it, does ah. it happen? Uh, <laughs> I I I think the Saddle Dome actually has a schedule and a plan. So <laughs> No, no, it got derailed. Uh oh, did it really? Yeah, they they it is moribund, I think right now. Oh, well. Nah, I'm still going to go with the uh, saddle dome. Don't, yeah, don't quote me on that. They might have had developments, but it is, I want to go to the saddle dome before. Absolutely. Because it's such a weird arena and like such a shitty arena. I, I just want to go to Calgary bad. I really want to do the walk to the press box. Yeah. Terrifying. Have you seen it? Yes. Like, like it looks like a walk to like an Olympic diving platform. It looks like uh, when uh, in Star Wars, when Luke is like perilously clinging from the bottom of the <laughs> space station, and like, and you're like, no, I'm, I'm Greg Wyshynski. I'm here to, I'm here to call a, a game. And he's like, <laughs> and then he falls to his death, except for the fact that he's saved. Yeah, this. This whole thing is fucking weird. Haley Savian's like, you guys are giant pussies. Yeah. <laughs> and we are. Uh, I, I, I want to make that walk. It sort of, it, it's like walking the plank, but it, it looks kind of funny because you like, you go up a elevator and you go down underneath the saddle of the saddle dome. Yeah. And then across to what's <laughs> to some place that they couldn't service with another elevator yeah. like, as an architect i'm just like 
this seems like such a hot mess of an arena. I gotta go see it. Needs it needs a sky tram. <laughs> That's what it needs. There's so many sky trams in Canada, they couldn't put one in the, the saddle <laughs> dome? Come on, man. Uh, anywho, there was, um, there was a frozen frenzy. I don't know if you heard about it this or a, watched any of it. it well, was, it was two teams that suck playing outdoors. Um, no, no, it, no. That was the that was the outdoor game. I'm talking about the uh, the NHL's attempt to be the NFL red zone and have an entire Tuesday where all 32 teams played, and then they put it across the ESPN to network. Did you not? No. Get in on this? No, I mean I watched some of it. Okay. It was it was last Tuesday. Yeah. Um it was pretty cool actually. Like they they did a pretty decent job of jumping the game from the game and not really telling you that you were about to like see a goal or a cool play. Mm-hmm. They did it a couple times, but it was it worked. You know, they interspersed enough like non-hockey content to make it interesting. Um, and like timed things pretty well. They could have timed the games better because like it was just clear at some points when they were like riffing, like, oh, you guys just don't have enough hockey content to work with right now. So what you're saying is we can, we can foresee more of these nights where we have to sit like half of our roster (laughs) in fantasy because the NHL is like, everybody's going to play. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a benefit to it in terms of, like, this red zone interest. I, the It's not something that we've seen from the NHL yet. So if we're going to bitch about them not being creative, like, we sort of have to suspend our disbelief on this and being like, ah, okay, it might, you know, it, it worked pretty well the first time. It wasn't perfect, but, like, maybe it could keep keep doing something interesting. I think they already have another one scheduled for like February or something. No, nah, well, hopefully it's on Valentine's Day to just fuck with everybody. That would be a great. Yeah, but sorry, sorry, dear, I can't do celebrate you love our your, love. Yeah, do you love your wife or hockey? I want to talk about hockey. Uh, oh. <laughs> do you know? I'm so tired. I'm sorry. I should have called uh, this this for earlier. No, no, we're, no. We're getting fine. there. We're almost it's done. It's fine. We're we're getting to the exit. Uh, no, I want to. I want to talk about Michigan hockey. Okay, um, you want to go straight specifically to the- homophobia. Yeah, that fucking cr- insane thing. Let's this, go straight there. This fucking frumpkin, like <laughs> Johnny Draskinis, uh, who's a sophomore at Michigan. I'm assuming he's still at the college. Uh, however, he is no longer a part of the Michigan hockey team uh, after he spray painted a penis and the and a homophobic epithet outside of a Jewish uh, uh, what is it? It's a, uh, outside of the the Jewish Resource Center that is near the University of Michigan's campus. Early reports are that he may have been paid by Hamas. I watched the video. And was like, oh, I know exactly where he is. Okay. Um, <laughs> thank you, Ann Arbor, for being so nondescript. Um, the This was initially reported that they had spray-painted swastikas and other anti-Semitic uh, rhetoric, which uh, 
would have been awful. Uh, homophobic rhetoric, still awful. In um, their defense, they had recently watched uh, the um, Dave Chappelle uh, special. <laughs> uh, the funny uh, part of this is that he was accompanied by uh, Megan Mintern, who is uh, on the lacrosse team. And as of this reporting is still listed on the roster, Megan soon to be an intern. Yeah. Intern. Uh, she spray painted her own initials. <laughs> like this is the worst tagging event the dumbest act of vandalism that has ever been perpetrated. She's like, I'm Banksy. She's like, me. Megan is an, yeah. Um, and then what my middle, I'm like, oh, fuck it, Mintern, um, go mm, you am, yeah, Michigan, yay, um, I used that voice because it was legitimately used by like a third of the women at U of M when I was yeah, there, I know, like, uh, but just... I was there in 2006, like that was just the voice that everybody had all of a sudden, it was the same voice that the, the sorority sisters had across like every big 10 university yeah probably more or less still have today uh, it's, it's very on. much a uh a midwest public university voice yeah right um like good job michigan hockey for kicking this scumbuck scumbucket off the team like immediately yeah. they they did the right thing and unequivocally were just like Oh, you gone. We yeah. haven't even fucking thinking about it. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Bye, buddy. Uh, I mean, I understand that like universities take more to get kicked out from than that. Um mostly like just one more of those. Yeah. Uh but like he Yeah, I would not expect him to be jettisoned from the university and he hasn't been. They're going to put him in the art school because his dick drawing was fucking terrible. <laughs> like, if you, oh, you want to spray paint dicks? We'll show you how to draw some dicks. Yeah. You're, you're putting, being put into remedial. You're getting like you're getting, 16 credits of boner drawing. Yeah, like, <laughs> you're getting, putting into like art 90. It's like the, uh, in super bad where he gets in trouble for drawing dicks and like can't but eat. those were the best dicks yeah uh, i just i i drew a big veiny one yeah uh and like he, that's him now that that is his life he is like seth rogan as a 12 year old uh that sounds like a solid punishment if i'm not yeah. like you are you are punished to be seth rogan as a 12 year old for the next four years like it's really uh, it sounds awful it's just a an incredibly embarrassing situation for the university's hockey team uh thankfully they handled it well brandon Norado, who is the the head coach uh, they removed his interim tag last year and it sounds like he's already made better decisions than his predecessor ever did while running the team so uh it sounds like the team is in good hands and you know they are are down one homophobe which is honestly like that's a step in the right direction and it's crazy that hockey like, being down one homophobe is a big step he, like his attack like came immediately before like you know this entire like giant world upending attack in israel like, yeah uh 
crazy like the, the timing for that could not have been crazier um going with a bunch of other people that are no longer playing hockey yeah no longer playing hockey uh derek stepan who was just like pretty all right for a very long time uh has retired paul stasny quietly retired uh most importantly joe thornton called it a career after you know everyone sort of like knew it but he made it official and in only a way that joe thornton knew how um did it with a weirdly awkward shirtless video i think yeah i was gonna say his uh he 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 has retired but his beard is still looking for a contract (laughs) yeah um joe thornton was one of the greatest passers that the NHL has ever seen. And that was, I guess, w- one of my personal inspirations from him as a player, but he was also fucking funny. And that is, I think is to me like the second and almost like more important thing than like his, just his scoring acumen was like, dude, don't know how to make it weird. Yeah. I, I will always have him and Brent Burns walking yes. shirtless everywhere. Or, I mean, being fully naked in the ESPN body issue. Yeah, and that, was, that wasn't that was planned. Like, they just walked in, we're like, oh, snap photos, <laughs> click, 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 click. And, and speaking of unplanned, there was him, like, streaking through Austin Matthews, like, TikTok video. Yeah. <laughs> the dude was hilarious and a class act and someone that will be missed from hockey i think we have maybe already done a eulogy for him but like you can't really do enough for for big old joe there's a there's a pyre fire somewhere Mm -hmm. in valhalla for him and his hockey career going right now yeah for sure uh we'll miss him um speaking of players that are hanging on by a thread phil kessel somebody hire him He's still looking for a team. We Does need- his game streak still count? I think so, because he's not been on a roster and he's not been healthy scratched. Good for him. I, I hope somebody comes and beats his record by one game and then like breaks <laughs> something and has to retire. And so Phil Kissel comes out of retirement at like 55 and plays two games just to take the record over again. Like Phil Kessel's son is like closest to beating Phil Kessel's record. And then like Babcock's son, healthy scratches him. <laughs> oh. uh, 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 I'm going to go, go back up in the, the order. Uh, deals, deals, deals. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Some contracts got signed. Um, it's Thursday. It is Thursday. Devon Taves. Oh. Great defenseman. Got a pretty solid contract. Trevor Zegris got a fine middle of the road deal. Um, everyone kind of assumed this was going to be a little bit longer of a protracted negotiation. And it turns out, yeah, he got the bridge deal that everyone thought for a very long time he deserved and would been team friendly too. Like, all right, that, that was a nothing burger. Um, to me, the real story is is Owen Owen Power, flowing Power. Um, he massively underpaid 8. himself by agreeing to 
eight years, $8.35 million, which he's basically already playing at that level now. Like, uh, is he a future like holdout candidate? I don't know. Cause he's been really fucking good this year. I think from every, every available metric. I think he just wanted that security. And so he went with it. And I mean, yeah, is 90 million better than 64 million? Sure. But like, $64 $64 million in Buffalo, New York buys you a lot. It buys you the city. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, that is a massively team-friendly deal that, to his credit, will probably buy him excellent teammates to play with. Yeah. And, you yeah, know, I think that's the key here is... It's a hugely team-friendly deal. And he was also not going to get more money than Darlene. And so, like, you know, just take take this contract, be financially stable for the rest of your life and uh, play some good hockey. I mean, he gets, I think out of it in his late twenties. So he still will probably, this won't be his most lucrative deal. Most likely he'll probably have another really big one after this. If, you know, barring any sort of accident or, or injury. All right, talk about your Alex Wenberg book, book talk scandal. Oh man, this shit is crazy. Um, I I briefly touched on it just like talking to you last week, yeah. but like this happened some time ago, and it's so crazy that it it really bears like repeating. Um, there was a huge crazy smutty drama that happened around Alex Wenberg and a online collection of writers called book talk. Apparently they decided that this admittedly handsome young hockey player was the object of their affections and their their steamy fantasy novels and it became such a thing that he and his wife had to intervene because they became so kind of furiously engaged that they would like cyberstalk him and like cyberstalk his wife and like uh, there there was this was a fun thing that got in the hands of the wrong people exactly and like it was a thing that originally like the kraken with a pretty progressive social media group like they kind of lead into that like, okay, you're gonna talk like hot shit about our players on mm-hmm. random corners of the internet fucking do it yeah that's cool and then it got real weird <laughs> yeah like to the point where like the wenberg family was like trying desperately to like get this to stop and like pleading on social media about it um uh, yeah the, it, it's incredibly a, weird there's a, a slow motion clip of wenberg and vince dunn talking to themselves and like when you accidentally become a book doc account and now that's all you can post <laughs> <laughs> like 
it's there there are people who have nothing better to do and i'm not saying like the the original people who started this are those people i'm saying the people who took it too far are the people are those people and it like if you're gonna be nihilistic like, the nhl could use more of this shit it really like, could <laughs> give me fucking like sean couturier lit porn like you know just he back <laughs> have you been reading my journal <laughs> he back checked me and broke my back like yeah. it, it's hilarious it's ridiculous it's i encourage somebody to like google this because the subtleties of it are unbelievable and if we were to do full diligence on this crazy story it would be a whole episode like it really could be. i really don't want to dive that deep into the internet anymore and so that's why we're not doing a 40 minute segment on this for sure because it's so like it's so wild and like the dichotomy between like innocent and harmful is like that is the interesting line to walk in all of this it's just it's kind of wild so moving on from something uh crazy weird to something crazy cool milwaukee admirals and prospect goalie yaroslav askarov did an amazing thing i believe this was last year in that he uh, won a game in a shootout and then proceeded to take the goal down, lay on the ice, and bench press it as a celly, which was unfucking real. It was right up there with uh, the Jack Hughes stick toss. Uh, oh my God, so good. Yeah. This one might be one of the best. I mean, you won the game for your team. Yeah. Like, there's... You could just like pull out a gun and murder somebody, and the people be like, "Yeah, nice, silly." They'd be like, "Oh, America, yay!" <laughs> yeah, right? This guy like he bench presses the goal. That's so good. So, anyways, uh, the Milwaukee Admirals turned around and made him a figurine that they handed out to their crowds. And hats off to him. It's so good. The figurine is picture perfect, hundred percent, no notes, a plus. Also a plus. One of the most famous players in your ho- in your uh, town, hockey players in your town, shows up to your arena, and what do you do? You idea. <laughs> hey man, you need to be twenty one to drink at this bar. Uh, first off, it's Texas. No, you don't. And second off, <laughs> Tyler Sagan. I don't even know if Tyler Sagan was twenty one when he got traded to Dallas. He still does not look twenty one. Yeah. So I mean, like I understand. Yeah. He got ID'd <laughs> by a security guard at his home arena who didn't fucking believe him, even though he, he, I think he's in a suit. I think there was something like he didn't have his actual like driver's license or something, but, but he was like showing the dude pictures of himself on the team well, yeah. webpage, and yeah. the dude was like, nah, nah. I'm going to leave us with a funny little anecdote. Former NFL linebacker Miles Jack and his mother have um, invested in the ECHL Allen Americans. Uh, actually, a pretty storied ECHL team. It's like West Texas, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think so. But they, like, they've like they been around for a while. Yeah. And oh, like, no. Yeah. Not just that. That was more of like a genuine curiosity question. Not me, like, about to make a joke kind of question. Which is, it, like... To no fault of your own, I can see why you'd be confused. I mean, me, me about to make joke. Yeah. Uh, 
Yet another football player has been conned into a bad investment. (laughs) He does become the first black minority owner in ECHL history, which is fucking rad that, uh, well, not that he's only the first, but that this has happened. Don't forget about his mother. And and his mother, yes. Who's the second? Really, it's like the second in the history of pro hockey, or at least currently in pro hockey. Yeah, it's awesome to see participation on the ownership level from someone who's black like that that is that is very cool unquestionably just like economic movements are movements and this is cool mild jack was like on my fantasy football team until he uh wasn't good anymore so um the puns must have been perfect that's a good porn you can jack for miles it's a it's a good porn name Yeah. Uh, yeah uh Dirk Diggler, step aside. <laughs> Speaking of stepping aside, that is it for us. You can find us on the internet at handsomehockey.com, handsome hockey podcast on Instagram, handsome hockey on threads at handsome hockey on Twitter, handsome hockey pod at gmail.com. We have a Facebook page and a YouTube page. Oh, yeah, we got the YouTube. It's all Evan, because I have rescinded my belief in social media. And so I apologize for giving him that that work. But he seems to be doing the Lord's work because I'm uh, just retweeting Shores Eclipse. It's yeah. Okay. And it's 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 fair because Evan picks fights with people who apparently have met me in real life and makes them feel <laughs> bad about themselves. So, yeah, fuck them. Uh, anyways, yeah. <laughs> thank you for listening whenever we put these out we do really appreciate it and are thankful for uh every single one of you and uh you know tell your friends tell all your friends like a taking back sunday album from 2002 we'll be back at some point we're making no promises this time because the last time we did i think we were like a month late so yeah i mean we're in a weird time where it's you know uh, had a lot of life and we're gonna try and Make like Metamucil and be a little bit more regular. Ah, well, <laughs> with that, <laughs> stay handsome, everybody. Restez beau, tous les mondes. Oh, oh, oh.